Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining. I know this uh, session was announced late because uh, it was embargoed until um, our CEO, Andy, announced it yesterday. So thank you very much for uh, taking time again, and uh, hope you have had a good show so far. Um, so since you're here, um, I have, I have uh, spent a number of years uh, doing IoT solutions. And uh, what I have learned uh, through this year's IoT it has three phases, roughly. So the first phase that I tackled, and that some of you in the room may have also experienced, is how to securely connect the things. And what protocols for the cost of the solution, you know, what can I actually afford to put it in the system, and uh, then how do I securely connect? And that was a big challenge, but largely due to innovation in the silicon um, products. There you can, we have a, a partner from Intel, and I used to work for Intel. So semiconductor companies have uh, reduced the cost and the size of these things to fit in any places. So it's largely very easy to connect. Second phase is, OK, once you connect it, how do you, what do you do with them? And, and is it the fixed function from the day one to the, to the life of this cycle? But obviously, you want to uh, update them and program them. So programmability becomes challenging. You know, you're a cloud programmer. You don't know how to uh, program the embedded side. And if you're an embedded programmer, you don't understand what the cloud is. There's silos. So that was the second phase. And, and I'll talk about it, what we have done there. But the third phase is, uh, yes, even if you can program it, but that requires the intervention of programmers. And then the third stage of IoT, what I call it autonomous system, that learns what the behavior it needs to learn and then program itself. Anyway, so my name is Satyan Yadav, and I'm a general manager in AWS, and I'm responsible for um, IoT edge and device services, along with uh, Jason Chen, uh, my colleague, who's the principal product manager on my team, uh, will uh, help you uh, we'll walk you through what we mean by pushing the intelligence at the edge. So let's see if I get the clicker right. Okay, um, so I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, background of how we got here. Um, so before I get there, how many in the audience have heard the name Greengrass? Okay, so I'm, I'm in front of a friend, friendly audience, it seems. <laughs> um, so last year, if some of you are here, um, we tackled this second challenge I talked about, how to easily program the devices. And, and so last year's state was, uh, we were, um, before last year, we had a service called AWS IoT, which is ran in the cloud. Um, and we extended that service to uh, using Greengrass. So Greengrass consists of two major things. One is the AWS IoT core uh, system that's now can run on a local connected uh, device. And then second thing is you can program it, what we call the Lambda functions. So together that, we made it easier to uh, connect uh, lots of devices locally, run this system locally also when it's not connected to the internet. Uh, the key theme that I talked about is having a common programming model across the, the two uh, silos, if you will. And so today we support uh, Python, uh, Node.js, and Java as a programming language that you can write the code in the cloud and also write the code for the device. So that was the state of our affairs last year. So this year, um, and some of you may have been in our CEO's keynote, so you may, this may sound familiar to you. So this year, we are extending number of services both in the cloud and then also talk about what we are doing on the edge. So starting in the cloud, the first service that we are, ex our first functionality we are extending in the cloud is to let you manage 
fleets of your devices. So if you have large amount of devices, how do you logically group them? How do you update them? And how do you keep that system up to date and manage it? And so we call it IoT device management. The second uh, service we end up announced um, is once you have this large fleet of devices, how do you uh, audit them, make sure they are secure, how do you protect them? And so the service called IoT Device Defender, uh, that's the second service which will be available next year. And for, uh, finally, on the cloud side, once you connect these large amount of uh, devices, how do you take the data from those devices and make sense out of that data? So to do that, you know, uh, taking your raw data, formulating and filtering it, and, and making it available for analysis, visualization, and then taking that insight out of that system and uh, use this to update your overall IoT setup. And that's called IoT analytic, anal analytics uh, service. Um, so that was on the cloud. But one of the other things we did, um, we announced earlier this, uh, this week, is Greengrass is, is this uh, service that runs on a CPU class device or Linux class device, where you have sufficient amount of uh, compute power uh, memory. But what about uh, sensors, which are runs on typically on microcontrollers, do not have enough resources? For that, um, we announced Amazon FreeRTOS. FreeRTOS uh, is number one uh, microcontroller uh, operating system. What Amazon has done it is, is made it a IoT and cloud native, if you will. So uh, connectivity, security, uh, having it either work directly with the, with the AWS IoT core, or in this case, also connect to the uh, sorry, uh, didn't mean to go this way. Okay, um, also connected to uh, locally to the green grass. Um, so what we have done is, is if you have uh, constrained devices running on a microcontroller, now you can use FreeRTOS as a complete solution uh, to quickly connect that. Now, uh, for some of our customers, this whole thing is still very complicated. And they have a simple application, they want some trigger, um, physical trigger that uh, is it a button, motion, or any number of other sensor trigger that they want to notify and then take action based on that. For that, um, we, uh, we also um, announced a service called AWS IoT One Click. And the way it works is there are a number of devices that are uh, compatible with this service. So you pick a device, whether it's a button or a motion sensor, uh, you uh, select what action you want, either a uh, email notification, SMS, or actually creating a ticket in a Salesforce or uh, in your enterprise application, any number of uh, things. So if you could write a Lambda function for whatever you're imagining, you can actually uh, invoke that by a simple trigger or simple um, action from these devices. And then simply you use the report. And so the idea here is that there's a number of um, customers who do not understand either how to build the device, how to have the embedded systems or cloud services, for them this is an end-to-end -end, uh, solution. So that's the state of affair for us um, at this moment. Um, so, but this session is about um, you know, intelligence. How We talked about the third stage of IoT and how do we actually take the first step towards building those autonomous systems. So um, how do we do that? So um, before I get there, I wanted to uh, touch on um, within the theme of extending intelligence uh, to the edge, we announced a number of features, uh, new features to, uh, to Greengrass. These are the features probably you're familiar with. You can run the Lambda function. You can trigger uh, devices to invoke um, local, through the local messaging, local processing. 
uh, local device shadow and sync with the cloud, and also the security as Greengrass runs its own certificate authority and it can manage all of the security locally as is the same principle as we have in the cloud that you have um, X509 certificates and uh, the whole uh, certificate management is also done at the Greengrass. Now this year, uh, uh, in this conference, uh, we announced a number of other additions uh, to Greengrass. So first one is over the air update. So Greengrass code today, uh, you have to deploy it and then if there's a new version, you have to find another mechanism to uh, get it updated. With over the air updates, you could actually set up the, the automatic update of Greengrass core when there are new, new bug fixes or security patches are available, uh, you could set up this system automatically up to date. The other request we get from customers um, is the number of local protocols that, uh, that needs to interact with the local, uh, Greengrass device locally. Um, so we have uh, created a framework, we call it protocol adapters, and we are going off with the first protocol um, adapter called OPCUA. It's, it's very popular in the manufacturing and industrial uh, setup. From here, uh, the two things will happen. Customers, some customers can write their own protocol adapters, but we will be also bringing on uh, additional protocol support. And then the last one is, is, is about having access to local resources. So one of the things we were dealing with originally when we designed uh, Greengrass is when you if you download a function or download its code, what um, authorization do you give to access to the local resources? It could be USB port or hard disk or your, your volume or a number of other devices that are there. And so what, the approach we have taken is, is from the cloud, you pick a Lambda function, you define what, authentic, what authorization um, you want to give or what access you want to give. So you simply pick a Lambda function. Um, actually, uh, Jason will be able to show you a little bit. You pick a Lambda function and you define what resources you are available. And then, uh, wait, there's more. And then this is the topic of the uh, session today is we are extending now the Greengrass device to uh, make it simpler to run the machine learning model, and we'll, we'll dive deep. This one is a preview available as of yesterday. Um, so let's uh, look into this. Now, uh, one of the things that, uh, as, as my personal experience, and some of you have uh, also had the same experience, when you build these systems, and if you were to um, uh, these distributed system, we were to send all the data to the cloud and back. There's a lot of waiting has to happen, and a lot of uh, whether it's a latency or some of the cost. So the motivation for us is to enable number of solution that you don't have to wait and you can enjoy that uh, accelerate that action that needs to be taken locally. So let's look at some examples uh, for what I mean. Um, first, um, you may you may ask, okay, what can you do with machine learning at edge? Uh, my actually first answer is, it's really your imagination is the limit. You could do what you want, and there are different systems uh, would do different things. But I'll pick some examples, and you'll see some of our customers will talk about a little bit more detail. But uh, simple things um, like what we have, uh, think about um, agriculture companies har during harvest, whether it's you know, the fruits or any other produce, applying machine learning to quickly sort out what's the good bad or classify different produce. You can think of corn, you can think of apple, you can think of a number of things. But it will happen right there as opposed to hauling everything uh, back in the processing facility and you do it there. The other example would be, um, actually there's a demo if you, if you have time on the first floor here. 
Um, there's a company called um, KUKA Robots. Uh, so one of the examples you will see there is not only green gas can be applied to during the manufacturing and apply the logic to different things that are happening, but towards the end of the manufacturing process, you can use either x-ray or camera or any number of techniques to see if the product that you're producing is, is the right one or do you want to discard them. So you could, um, you could think about that. Uh, Self-driving cars, um, any number of anomaly detection. Uh, I talked about uh, security, uh, securing your system uh, through a device defender, but uh, imagine all these data coming in and you're an analyzing it using this at, the, at your setup, local setup. So um, from here, you can actually imagine what your application would be. For me, creating a smart camera, I put it on, on, on my driveway, then it knows that it's a family member, known car, and that doesn't bother me. Today, all my camera just keeps telling me every time there's a motion, it tells me there's a motion, but I don't want to know that, right? So from the day one, you could train this camera to recognize certain things, and then only the events it has not seen, the events you're interested, uh, that it tells you. But these are some examples, not necessarily, uh, you, you obviously have a lot more uh, interesting example than I have here. Okay, um, so how do you, uh, you make this uh, system intelligent? Um, so we, we looked into the problem statement. If you were to do a machine learning today, you would start with a building and training a model in the cloud, which is a compute-intensive job. And, and so you, you start there, and then most of the application, you will write the inference, meaning the prediction through the model, also in the cloud. So you can, you can ask a question, and all the steps that you're doing is in the cloud. So the most, uh, largely all of the machine learning that you are experiencing today, it's done through the cloud. Um, but that, what are the, the problems with that approach? Obviously, you can't, um, you can't send all the data, so there's a cost associated, there's a latency, sometimes privacy. Um, so what we have done is, so machine, Greengrass machine learning in France is actually taking a slightly different approach to this problem. Uh, so first, that step around building and training the machine learning model, which is a compute-intensive job, you would still do in the cloud the way you have been doing. Uh, the part that we have uh, added to make it simpler is if you're, as, as many of you raise your hand that you're familiar with Greengrass, so Greengrass uh, has a concept of Greengrass group. You package uh, what different things that you are managing, uh, the Lambda functions, and, and also we call it the routes. So what we have extended the Greengrass capability to understand different type of resources. And uh, Jason will explain how those uh, local resources and machine learning resources work. But simply at this level, you use Greengrass to package the, uh, the machine learning model and the framework and use with the simple clicks you deploy on the device. Um, and once, once that's deployed in the device, this, this uh, model will run independently, whether it's connected or not connected. And that's where you infer, inferring the uh, inference for the application that you're running will be taken right away in, on, on the device itself. And our hope is um, this accelerates not only the, the different use cases that you're building and then you, you would deliver a better use uh, experience to your customer, but it will accelerate the overall um, uh, action taken. And as I talked about, uh, you, build, you could build a system that can continue to function even if it's not connected to the, to the Internet. Okay, um, uh, it's, it's in a preview state, so um, we'll give you uh, links later to, uh, in the session how we're to go and apply for it. Now, um, beyond the three, four steps that I talked about, but once you deployed, obviously your system is not perfect and you are going to evolve. So step 
from training the model, uh, building the model and training it, and deploying it. And once you deploy, you're going to learn. So then you take that uh, learning and the new data, and you want to feed back into the, the training model and come up with a better model and then uh, maybe an improved inference engine, and then you want to ship it again. So this whole cycle is, is, is I think, is the, the most difficult part today. There is a many, all the steps that I described, one, you can actually do it without the machine learning at inference. But what we are hoping to achieve is, is this, as a developer, you'll be going through this cycle. Also, after you have deployed the system, you may have the need to improve. So um, I would like to invite uh, our customer, uh, Sony, uh, who have experienced this problem of starting at a, at a, at a basic model and improving it. So please uh, help me welcome uh, Takihara-san from Sony, who will help us describe their use cases. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ryuji Takehara. I'm a cloud system architect in Sony Network Communications. Uh, thank you for giving this great opportunity. Today, I'd like to talk about our factory use case. We have using green grass to factory in order to collect actual sensor data from manufacturing machine and uh, getting uh, machine status on real time. It works very well. And now we will introduce green grass machine learning inference. So first use case, uh, we have developed factory operator positioning, local positioning system with Greengrass and self-customized machine learning model. But now, major machine learning library takes more than 100 megabytes, and Lambda has size limitation. So it is hard to deploy a machine learning model with Lambda. And second use case, um, we are developing predictive maintenance uh, to the, each manufacturing machine. So uh, there are so many manufacturing machines in factories. I'd like to adjust and detail, customize a machine learning model for each manufacturing machine. But it is hard to handle hundreds of customized models and deliver it. And another point, to achieve practical anomaly detection with acceleration sensor, we need high-frequency sensor data, at least more than 10 kilohertz. So uh, current cost-efficiency program board don't have such ability, so it means we need some special hardware integrations. Today, we can solve these pain points with Greengrass machine learning inference. So, new Greengrass provide and deploy our customized model to the edge side without size limitations. And uh, we can do continuous adjustment and customization for each Greengrass group easily. And New Greengrass Lambda can access hardware resource directly. So, 
To get high-frequency sensor data, uh, we will introduce a new Sony programmer board we are calling Spritzer. And look at the graph. We can take high-frequency data and make FFT convert. And new Lambda can access uh, and integrate with uh, new hardware directly. So, uh, I think how to make cloud and edge-heavy machine learning collaborative system is hot discussion topic until yesterday. But today, discussion is over. Anybody can make edge and cloud-connected machine learning solution with Green Grass machine learning inference easily. So, today's focus points are who can integrate, fully integrated, sensors, devices, firmwares, edge-side machine learning model, and cloud-side model, and cloud-side applications. So, IoT fields needs detailed adjustment and customization. We are Sony. We have good experience about customization of firmwares and edge-side machine learning model. So, we will provide total machine learning solution, not only for factory, but also for many other IoT fields with Greengrass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Takihara-san. Um, let's see. Uh, so one of the, the things uh, that we are also trying to achieve uh, through uh, Greengrass Machine Learning at Inference is not all the developers uh, need to really know all the intricacies involved in machine learning. So I, or one of the other hope is that even if you don't understand the machine learning, they, they are, you could st still take advantage of having machine learning models developed by third parties and use this mechanism to deploy it. Um, one of the, the other things that, uh, that I want to point out is, as you think about uh, pushing intelligence at the edge, these are the reasons we think of why uh, this is valuable to do certain things. Um, so for example, latency. The speed of light is constant. So uh, if you are, need to take a decision very quickly, you want to put the decision as close to, uh, you want to put that intelligence and inference as close to, to the system, as close to the data. The second is the bandwidth, depending on where you're deployed. In some of our customers either have constrained bandwidth because of a remote location like mining site or oil rig. Um, so you have limited bandwidth, so there's also it helps. Availability of the system, we talked about internet um, on and off. And then the last piece is the, the privacy. Uh, so depending on where you uh, put the system, certain data cannot be uh, transferred from one, one location to another because of the regulatory requirement. Um, so one of our customers um, actually face all of these issues. So I would like to invite uh, Kamis from Nokia to help us uh, explain their use cases. Kamis. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's for the clicker. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Kamis, and I am uh, the product manager for uh, Nokia's Impact Video Analytics product. Um, just a little bit about the product. What it does is it uh, examines um, video uh, 
vid uh, IP video feeds and learns, uh, uses unsupervised machine learning over time to determine what's uh, normal and not normal from a, um, a motion perspective along a dwell, density, velocity, um, and direction, right? Um, and um, let, let's talk about what an anomaly is, right? Here's an example of a real video that, um, that we captured in one of our scenes. Um, this is an example of a, a road that our, our, uh, our product learned that typically goes uh, north and south. And if you notice, there's a guy in the bottom that's deciding to uh, make a U-turn uh, right in the middle of this uh, six-lane road, right? Definitely an anomalous occasion. And uh, because my, my product has learned that that's normal, it's able to flag that to, um, uh, to, to the users to, uh, about the event. But let's talk about traditional video analytics. Um, uh, these, the video cameras can, can, um, uh, can transmit up to 10 gigabytes of data per day. And uh, if you are transporting those uh, cameras over a local area network, that's really not a problem. So a campus or an enterprise or along an airport, you can send all those video feeds to a, a large server to be able to process uh, and store all of that uh, video. All right. The problem is, when you scale this out to a wide area network, it just doesn't work, right? You don't have enough uh, fiber in the cities or enough of a cellular connectivity to be able to transport 10 gigabytes per day per camera across that wide area network uh, back to that same uh, large server for the analytics to then result in, say, 1% of relevant data for, uh, for the users, right? So, so the solution is actually quite simple. All we need to do is put that analytics at the edge, right? If we're able to put those analytics uh, functions near the edge, we can view that constant video stream. Uh, my product will learn what's normal. And using Greengrass, I'm able to uh, apply machine learning inference down to the, uh, uh, to the node to be able to classify what's happening in the scene, right? Now what you're doing is you're drastically reducing the amount of network traffic that needs to move uh, from that camera, or more appropriately near that edge device, back to the, the central place Place to again result in that 1% of relevant data for the users. And, and, and this is achieved by a, a combination of my product and, uh, and as I said earlier, the uh, machine, um, uh, Greengrass's machine learning inference to be able to push down uh, AI-based object classification down to the edge to, uh, to then communicate with my product for uh, providing metadata analysis for what's going on. So uh, if my product says that uh, there's, there's something strange from a direction perspective, then we can rely on these um, uh, object classifications to tell me it was due to uh, maybe cars going the wrong direction. All right. So thank you very much. I hand it back over to Satyam. Dr. Jake. Thank you so much. Thank you. So hi everyone. Uh, I'm Jason Chen. I'm a principal product manager on the AWS IoT. So first, I want to thank you, Nokia, thank you, Sony, for giving us the opportunity to work on their use cases. Uh, those are wonderful, interesting use cases. We had a lot of fun working on those things. So you guys have heard um, uh, Satyan talking about machine learning inference at edge. And uh, now you know why it matters. And you also heard uh, Sony and Nokia talk about their use cases. And you have seen the end result of using Greengrass machine learning. Uh, so maybe you're wondering, um, how do we actually implement those? What are the steps you have to go through uh, 
to deliver this. Um, so in the next few minutes, I'm going to give you those details. Um, you will see uh, we made the whole process very simple for you to enable machine learning on the edge. Um, but I want to start by giving you uh, the big picture. Um, so when we say machine learning inference at edge, there are actually three things happening here. Right? So first thing is um, the device uh, is doing sensing. What that means is the device gets a lot of data continuously um, to monitor the environment. Right? That generates a lot of data you need to process, to analyze. And one way to do that is machine learning. Right? This can be um, you detect somebody's face, a VIP walking to the store, you detect that's a face. It can be detect some kind of pattern, the network is not behaving right, or um, if it's autonomous driving car, you continue getting a video feed and you see a stop sign and you need to recognize. So those are the inference. Then based on the inference, the prediction, now you need to take action. Right? So if it's autonomous driving car, you see the stop sign, maybe you need to send a signal uh, to the brake to slow down. If its uh, machine is about to break down and you detect that, you must send uh, the signal to the device nearby to shut down that machine. So Greengrass is already giving you the capability to do those things, right? Uh, it helps you to sense uh, because it connects with uh, different devices and sensors and send data to the cloud or process locally. And because we are using Lambda function, it lets you process data and attack, take action on those things. Um, but until now, injecting machine learning into um, this sense, inference, and action is not that easy. Um, let me tell you a little bit more about why it's not that easy. So the reason it's not why easy is there are so many steps involved in machine learning end-to-end. -end. Right, the first step starts with data. You collect all those data, and you need to move them to the cloud. Right, there are a lot of data. You need to formatting them. You fill them. Then you send to the cloud. It's problem number one. And number two is once data is in the cloud, then you need to process them, and you need to do machine learning training. Right? So in that step, you usually pick a training platform, you pick an uh, algorithm, then you feed data to those algorithms to start building your model. Then your model is ready. Uh, now you need to test it, not only in the cloud, but on the device. Right? Then you need to move that model onto the device to check the ground truth. Now, step number two and step number three, it's an iterative process. Right? You train, deploy, see if it works right, then tweak it. So it's a, it's, it's a repeated process. Up until now, moving the model from the cloud to uh, the device is, uh, is not easy. If you want to do it by yourself, um, there are a lot of blockers. The, the model can be too big. And if you do it frequently, uh, like a few times a day, like the use cases in, in Sony, uh, then become a, a, a tedious if you want to do it manually. So up until now, there hasn't been a uh, managed, reliable way of uh, moving uh, the model, cloud train model, onto the device. Now let's say even you, you, you uh, finish this step, 
and you solve the debt, the next step is you have to bring down the machine learning framework also onto the device so it can parse the model for you. Right? When I say machine learning framework, that means things like MXNet, TensorFlow, Cafe2, Torch. So those are the mathematical libraries that understand the model and the parse them so you can run on the device to do inference. And then there's another step that is your application. In our case, you write Lambda function to load the model, to go forward pass, to do the prediction. Um, if you change a framework, then you have to relearn some of the uh, common tasks, like loading the model, how to do forward detection. And lastly, um, there are more and more device vendors putting uh, machine learning accelerators onto the device, for example, FPGA, uh, uh, GPU, or even DSP, to help you make machine learning faster. Uh, up until now, you, you need to write code to access those uh, hardware accelerators if you're using Lambda. Um, but all those things putting together can you know, make your life of machine learning on edge a lot harder. But we don't, we don't think it's necessary. That's why we uh, introduced the machine learning inference uh, on Greengrass to help you with those process. So how we do it, right, let me draw the big picture for you first. Okay. So number one, you train in the cloud because cloud is the natural place for training. Uh, the reason is training requires a lot of computing power uh, to do mathematics operations. And it has a large depository for data. All your data stays in the cloud. And also cloud is the place to provide you a lot of memory. You need a lot of memory to keep the state during the training process. Uh, so cloud is most likely for you the right place to do training. Now once you're trained, you need to move the trained model onto the device so you can get those benefits that I was talking about, right? Low latency because you process right there. Uh, you save bandwidth, like in terms of a Nokia use case, you don't really need to send it to, all the way to the cloud. And your data always stay with you if you're concerned about privacy. And also, uh, it can happen offline because you no longer rely on the cloud. So Greengrass tie everything together for you. So tie the cloud training and um, deploy of the model and local execution, those just giving you the infrastructure to tie those pieces together. So you install Greengrass on your device. The Greengrass let you to move the cloud trained model onto the device. Also move your inference application, which is Lambda in this case, onto the device. Now they can do the three things I was talking about locally on the device to sense, to infer, and take action. And if you have more interesting uh, data or intelligence after you process, you can upload them to the cloud if you want. Okay, so let me get into some of the details on how exactly uh, we do those things, right? So first, you need to train your model in the cloud. You can actually train anywhere. Um, all you need to do is um, point Greengrass to your cloud trained model. 
and you add that as what we call machine learning resource to that green grass uh, group. Uh, I will do a quick demo later to give you a better sense. Now, if you are using Amazon SageMaker for training, you probably heard that yesterday, then it's great because Greengrass natively integrates with SageMaker. In the Greengrass console, all your, you can view, you can see all your SageMaker training model, and you can just pick the one you want and add that as a machine learning resource, and the Greengrass will bring it down for you. Now, if you don't use SageMaker, if you train somewhere else, or if you have pre-trained models, that's fine. You just need to place it in S3 and let Greengrass know the URL of the S3, and the Greengrass will take care of the rest for you. Uh, another thing I talked about, which is um, accelerators. Um, those things are like a CPU and a GPU, and a, a DSP. So up until now, it's, it's hard to directly access those things from the Lambda function. You have to write a chunk of code. Now with the local resource access uh, functionality provided by uh, Greengrass, it works nicely. Now you can just define, you say, okay, here is a GPU and I'm giving the path to it and now you can access it uh, in the Lambda function. And number three, remember I said about building your own um, MXNet is not easy. Or building any kind of um, ML framework from scratch is, is just not easy, right? Uh, you have to know um, a lot about the hardware profile and you have to compile by yourself um, it's, it's a tedious process. It takes you uh, many, many hours, if for days, to get a right for a specific device. So what we provided for you is a pre-built uh, MXNet uh, package. Uh, so you have the environment uh, ready uh, for those devices. Uh, so one is the Intel devices and Atom devices. It's also known as Apollo Lake. We have the NVIDIA, and we pre-built for Raspberry Pi. Um, you can always bring your own uh, framework um, if you want to build it by yourself, and you can certainly bring that onto Greengrass. It will still run. Uh, we just make it a little easier for MXNet. And the next one is uh, we also provide you um, Lambda inference examples because we realize that um, it's not easy you, if you haven't done that before, especially with a new framework and to run that on the device. So we provide um, some examples for you so you can follow, and that example do some of the common tasks, such as loading the model into uh, the application, and how do you do run a forward pass to do the detection. So with those things, um, your life of creating inference app will become easier. Okay, so now is uh, demo time. Um, let me do a quick demo uh, so you get a better sense on how to use those and why it's so simple.
All right, so what I have here is uh, the Greengrass console. I just log into the Greengrass console. Uh, that's where you see all the defined Greengrass uh, groups. So if you, for you guys who haven't seen, um, haven't used a Greengrass, Greengrass group means um, there's a Greengrass device and there are a bunch of devices connect to it and they form a group. And what you define in the cloud is basically what's gonna run on a Greengrass device. Right, what kind of access it has, what kind of Lambda function it will run, and also you can define other things like a communication rules, like a device A can talk device B using MQTT, what subject they should listen to, and when certain things happen, what kind of Lambda function should be launched. Right, so you define all those things in the cloud, and then deploy to the device, and device will execute uh, basically what the cloud says. Okay. So I'm going to pick uh, this uh, group, which is already created. That is my, my camera device. Right? And I wanted my camera device to look at image, and I want to run machine learning on my camera device so it can recognize things. Um, so what do you need to do here is uh, basically tell the camera device, in this case it's a green grass device, um, what things you need to run. Right? So there's a Lambda you need to run. That is your inference app. And I wanna show you here quickly, and here is the resource. That's what we have been talking about. One is machine learning resource. That's like your cloud trainer model. And you can also define a local resource, for example, GPU, uh, you know, FPGA. So, we start by configuring um, the Lambda function. I have one already uploaded uh, into the cloud. That is our inference app. Right? So this Lambda function will take um, the image and uh, take a look and uh, detect uh, if, if this is a um, certain type of image. So it's it's configured how much memory it should use, timeout, et cetera. But what's interesting is you, we need to add um, resources uh, for this green grass group. And so the Lambda function knows like which resource it can use. So in this case, I'm gonna add um, machine learning resources. So my Lambda function, as I mentioned, is doing image recognition, but for it, to do its job, it needs uh, the models, right? So in this case, I'm gonna define two models because I'm doing A-B test, I wanna compare those models. And one of the models um, is the training job I'm doing in SageMaker. Um, I'm using a, a ResNet image. Um, so this seems is the latest uh, training job finished. Uh, ResNet is basically a uh, image recognition model. Right. So I picked the trained model um, in SageMaker, and here I'm basically defining when the model gets down, what is the local path or local directory for that model to stay. Uh, let's just put in there, say, model uh, ResNet. Okay, let me give it a name. Let's just say res, ResNet. and I save. Right, so I have one resource defined. That resource is a cloud trained model. Now let me add another one because I said I want to do A-B test. Right. 
And this time, I'm just going to add a model that is pre-trained. Um, it's called a, a SqueezeNet. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, SqueezeNet is a super small compressed model. Uh, so it can run on smaller device, but still maintain pretty good accuracy in terms of uh, image recognition. Uh, so this is in S3, and I still say I'm going to put locally here. And I'm going to give squeeze I put into that directory. And also give this resource a name. And save it. So now I'm, I'm done. Right? I'm basically done. I'm saying I have added those two models into uh, Greengrass, and this Lambda has access to those two models. I, I'm go back. So what's the next step? The next step is deploy. Right? So I, you know, for the, uh, since we have a short time, I'm just going to show you that's what you define in the cloud. And once you click deploy, my device in office will receive this deployment. It will include that Lambda function, um, which will do the inference. And it also will include the models that were pulled down from the cloud onto the device. Then it can start doing sense, infer, and take action. So let me just summarize what I just described for you for Greengrass machine learning inference. Right, number one, um, you can train the cloud. The Greengrass can deploy cloud-trained models for you, so you don't need to do that by yourself. And number two, it allows you to access hardware resource uh, such as CPU and uh, uh, GPU and FPGA, uh, DSP, etc., to help you do. Uh, accelerating your inference. And the third is we pre-build, pre-package MXNet for you, so you don't have to build by yourself. So you have, a, have an environment that is prepared for you. And lastly, we give you some uh, Lambda function examples, so you can follow those examples to write your own inference applications. Um, guess what? There is one device with a bunch of good software that enjoys all the four benefits I just talked about. Right? So this is AWS um, DeepLens. Um, it is a video camera that has computer vision models that you can run on the device. So this is a collaboration um, of AWS AI team, Greengrass team, uh, and our partner, uh, Intel, because this device runs on Intel platform. Um, so it is, uh, I, I like DeepLens because it's, uh, it's a good proof that if you have combined device, good edge software, and a cloud together, um, it just does amazing things for a customer. Right, so we feel very lucky that during those long journey, we have many good, uh, partners uh, working with us, innovating together. And one of them is Intel. Uh, they have been with us 
as a partner since the very beginning of AWS IoT. Uh, so it is my pleasure to introduce Naveen Law from uh, Intel to talk a little bit more about Intel and AWS collaboration. Thank you, Naveen. So uh, yeah, thank you for the intro. Um, it's been it's been a real pleasure working with uh, the team at Amazon on the, getting this product out. Um, just kind of give you a little bit of a, a background and context here. This product uh, was really um, uh, conceived about six months ago or so, and now we're bringing it to market. So I think that's that's got to be some kind of a record. It's incredible. It's an incredible effort on both sides, um, the the AWS team and, and getting the Greengrass software to a point where we can actually deploy it and 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 interact with our team to, uh, to, to find the optimized libraries with CLDNN, uh, get efficient inference working on this platform was, was an incredible effort. And then on the hardware side, we were able to take a very stable platform and, and build off of it very quickly. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, I think Jason hit on most of the points here, but um, because we're working from a, uh, you know, a stable, rock-solid platform um, that we can actually move, uh, you know, the containers and things around easily, it makes it easy for software teams on AWS side to actually uh, build this device and make it robust. Um, and in, in, as part of that, it actually delivers a secure uh, security as well as intelligence to the edge. So you know, they can manage all of the, uh, the encryption and things like that because we have the hardware on board to do so. It's already been tested. Uh, the hardware here also has um, uh, integrated GPU and uh, integrated uh, video compression uh, logic. So, uh, it's ideal for this kind of case. And what I think is really cool about uh, DeepLens is that it's a, it kind of uh, turns this into an application development problem. Now, when you have a camera that you can stick into the world, you can build any kind of application, right? I mean, if you want to build something that's, uh, that monitors factories or build something that monitors your pets, it's the same piece of hardware, and now we have the, the software to actually stitch it together with the cloud and build those applications. And so just a little bit about the, uh, the Atom processor. You may have heard it in the uh, other keynote this morning. Um, it is integrated graphics, and we, we actually worked uh, quite hard to get the um, deep learning primitives optimized and hooked together with uh, the rest of the, the Greengrass software. And so, uh, again, a, a wonderful effort on both sides. And, um, you know, some of this was also about making sure we can fit into the power envelope. So, you know, the hard part about hardware is always uh, you're building something in the real world. It's got to work, you know, when it's hot and it's cold and under the right kind of cooling conditions and heat, you know, these kinds, of, these kinds of things. And so we want passively cool. It can, it can work in a variety of environments. And so and until we had the hardened chips to, to, to be able to, to serve this purpose. And so, um, yeah, I, I just want to congratulate the team on getting something out so quickly. It's an amazing effort. Thank you. So as Satyan talked about um, the journey of IoT, the first stage is we get IoT connected uh, to the cloud so you can move the data securely to the cloud. Then we enter the phase of managing those devices. I think really now we started to enter another new phase that is you want to bring intelligence onto those devices. Um, so combined with the power in the cloud, um, you make your device a lot smarter by running AI and machine learning on the device. And green grass, the software runs on those edge devices, make it a lot easier for you to run those machine learning inference 
on edge devices. So we have been very lucky. I have many customers and partners who are with us in this journey. So we kind of, we are innovating together uh, to bring intelligence onto those devices. So they let us solve their use cases and work with our partners who combine device and software together to deliver uh, interesting, good user cases. So Greengrass Machine Learning Inference um, is in preview now. As yesterday, actually started yesterday, you can apply here. Just go to this website, uh, Amazon, aws.amazon.com slash greengrass slash ml, apply for preview. We would like to hear you using it, and we would like to hear your use cases, and we would like to hear your feedback. And here's a little bit more. There are um, a few things I want to give a shout at. Um, the D-Plans, they are still running workshop today, and you can go there uh, and try it out, and Greengrass is the backbone behind the scene, um, providing those infrastructure, you know, glue them together. Um, there's a fly simulator um, up on uh, the Buddhosphere, and also use Greengrass to do machine learning over there. Uh, there's an echo greeter, uh, there's a dynamic sorter, which is an interesting one in the build sphere. It, it runs, it actually uses Raspberry Pi, but it recognizes uh, the recycling object. So if it's a can, if it's a box, and if it does recognize uh, the pre-selected list of uh, recycled object, the arm will move or put, onto the, put that object into the right bin. Right? All those things are done on the machine uh, locally. Uh, Satyan talked about the ro industrial robotic arm, which has Greengrass running. You should check it out. And also in, uh, in the maker's, um, uh, maker's place, um, there's a, the Nokia use cases you guys can check out. We have the, uh, we have the, the camera and, with, and also the Greengrass and the Nokia software running together. Okay, um, that's it. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we can take some questions. We have uh, six minutes left, and if folks have uh, questions, we are happy to take them.